All right. Hey, good morning. How you guys doing today? You guys doing all right? It is so good to be in the house of the Lord today. Let me tell you, you Pat, your pastor hates canceling church. Man, I hate canceling church. It, it always pains me to do it, but uh, we needed to do it. We just want to be responsible. We want to be good neighbors and 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 do that and just get and get rid of all all the coronavirus and all the sickness, and, and so we can come back ready to go strong. Uh, my name is Andrew. If, if you're new here today, I want to welcome everybody that's watching us online. Come on, thank you for for staying connected and watching us this morning. We have people all over the United States that watch us and call Passion Life Church their home. And so again, thank you for tuning in today and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. Uh, I want to mention again, I know Matt and Tyler mentioned it uh, in the announcements, but I want to mention and just thank you guys for your generosity. Uh, we provided around 135 gifts uh, for people this Christmas season. That represents, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for your generosity. That represents uh, around 34 families in our community that would not have had a Christmas if you wouldn't have stepped up and been generous. And so again, thank you so much. That's the hands and feet of Jesus, loving our community well. Um, we don't even get credit for it. We, we went through Littleton Family Services so they could get the credit. And, and we just wanted to love our community well. So again, thank you so much uh, for your generosity and being the hands and feet of Jesus. All right, we are in a series called Unlikely Heroes. Uh, Tyler did such an awesome job last week. Come on, didn't he do an awesome job? He did so great um, preaching to two people last week, me and Matt Brown, all right? And so uh, he did such a great job of kicking off the series, and I'm going to wrap it up today. And then next week, we'll start a new series, The Wonder of Christmas, um, our stage is ready for Christmas. I don't know if you are, but our stage is, okay? And uh, uh, I want to thank everybody that came out and volunteered yesterday and set up all the, the Christmas decorations. I know my wife appreciates it more than I do, but I like it too. Okay, I like it too, all right? And, and so I hope you're ready uh, for an awesome Christmas season. It's going to be great. All right, I'm going to recap last week's message, and then uh, we'll get into the Word today. I just want to warn you today, I just I have to do this sometimes, that this this message is, is probably rated PG-13. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, some graphic things in, in detail that I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to talk about today. And so if you have kids in here that are young, I want to encourage you to check them into Kids Church, okay? We have a great Kids Church. If not, you're going to have some interesting conversations with your kids today, and that's okay. Okay, that's okay, uh, too, but I just want to warn you, this is probably uh, a PG-13 uh, rated message. I don't know if you know this, but the Bible is rated R, okay? If you read some of the stories in the Old Testament, uh, they're, they're, they're pretty graphic, but I just want to give you a heads up. I don't ever want to blindside you, um, and, you know, as a pastor and, and make you have awkward conversations with your kids, although that's kind of fun, okay? Um, 
Hey, last week, uh, Tyler kicked off this series on Gideon, unlikely hero, and it started in a wine press, right? And, and God calls him out of a wine press. And, and really, Gideon, uh, I like to call it the whiny press, okay? He was in the whiny press because he had all of these excuses why he couldn't be used by God, right? He's like, I'm the weakest, and I'm unqualified. I'm actually a musician and not a soldier, okay? And he has all of these excuses excuses. He also, he just begins to whine in the whiny press. And I feel like that's been like a lot of us in 2020. We've been in the whiny press. I mean, we've been whining about everything. Oh, I can't stand this quarantine. We're getting shut down again. And I got to work from home and people are getting sick and there's no fans at football games. And we got to play a running back, a quarterback today for the Broncos, right? And we're in this whiny press, right? Constantly whining about everything. Listen to me today. It's about time we step out of the whiny press and we step into everything that God has in store for our lives. You can clap to that. That's good. Man, that's good preaching. And I haven't even prayed yet. Come on. This is what happens when I get two weeks off, okay? I just, I'm fired up from, from, Minute one. And, and, so, and he, so he steps out of the whining press, and then um, God gives him literally like nine confirmations. He sends an angel, right? And, and he lights the food on fire, and, and then he disappears. And, and uh, so, so Gideon's fired up. But the thing that the Lord says to him, is, he says, you need to take care of your home first. You, you need to take, take care of things in your home. Before I call you out to do something great for me, you need to take care of your stuff at your home. And so one of the things that God asked them to do is tear down these idols of Baal. They, they built these big idols of Baal. And so Gideon waits till nighttime. Come on, he's still a little scared. He waits till nighttime and he tears them all down. And then in the morning, everybody wakes up and they're like, who did this? Oh, I, I think it's probably Gideon that did this. Let's, let's go ahead and kill Gideon. And, and, and so what happens in this is daddy steps up who is who, up, up, up to this point, daddy's a weakling too. Okay, daddy's got issues too. And all of a sudden, daddy steps up. And I want to encourage you today, what happens when we step into the faith and in the power of God, our faith impacts other people's lives. Our faith, man, when we become courageous and we begin to step into all that God has in store for our lives, it affects other people that are around us. And we see that in this story. All of a sudden, Daddy steps up and says, well, wait a minute. If Baal is such a great God, let Baal defend himself. Let Baal kill Gideon if he wants Gideon dead. And so the faith of Gideon, already we see the faith of Gideon, because the, the obedience of Gideon starts to affect people around him. And so we're going to pick up the story here in chapter 6. Let's pray and then we'll, we'll get into the Word today. Father, I just thank you for this moment. God, this is your moment. Holy Spirit, this is your moment. Prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your Word. God, this moment matters to you. Those that are watching online, this moment matters to God. It is not by mistake that you're here. It's not by mistake you're tuning in and you're watching online. God, I just pray right now in Jesus' name, you'd open our hearts, open our minds to your eternal word that can move us and change us and transform us. 
Holy Spirit, speak through me. Don't let any of my opinions or my thoughts come through today. Let it all be you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Let's go ahead and pick up the story in chapter 6, verse 34 and 36. Then the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. I love that sentence, okay? I love it. And this is another confirmation, right? Because during this period of time, the Holy Spirit could not dwell inside of a person, okay? Because Jesus hadn't come yet. And so what the Holy Spirit did at this time, it would come upon people for a temporary period of time to help them do something great. And so all of a sudden, man, man, all of a sudden Gideon is clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have the benefit every single day to be clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you, every single day, the first thing that you think about when you wake up in the morning is like, man, Holy Spirit, clothe me in power. Because we can do nothing without the power of the Holy Spirit. And we see that in this story. Before Gideon's able to do something great, he's clothed with the Spirit of the Lord. Amen? So he blew a ram's horn as a call to arms, and the men of the clan of uh, Ebezer came to him. He also sent messengers throughout Manasseh, Asher, Zubalon, and Nephali, summoning their warriors, and <laughs> all of them responded. Okay, you want to talk about a confirmation? He blows a horn and 32,000 warriors show up. Like, like, you want to talk about a confirmation? Like, like he's not text messaging or emailing. Like, like he blows a horn and 32,000. You want to talk about a boost of confidence? 32,000 people show up. If you are truly, and so this is Gideon's response, okay? Like an angel of the Lord comes, he, he sets fire, he tears down the, the idols, right? God is doing all of these things. Daddy steps up. You want to talk about a confirmation? Daddy is stepping up, right? And this is Gideon's response. If you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel, as you promised, prove it to me in this way. And one of the reasons why I love this story so much is because God is so graceful. He is so merciful with our doubt and lack of faith, right? Like, like he, he, he is so merciful, and we see this, that God doesn't strike Gideon dead, right? Like, and he could, right? But instead, man, he wants to build confidence in Gideon by giving him confirmation. And so let's see it. I will put a wool fleece on the threshing floor tonight. If the fleece is wet and dew in the morning, but the ground is dry, then I will know that you are going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. And, and that is just what happened. When Gideon got up early the next morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung out a whole bowlful of water. And so Gideon asked God, man, if you, you, you can just do this and, and confirm in me that you've really called me, and, and man, that would be great. Okay, so let's see Gideon's response. Then Gideon said to God, please don't be angry with me. When you want to talk about somebody who is really insecure, okay, who really felt unqualified for what God was calling him and asking him to do, that was Gideon. So please don't be angry with me, Lord. But let me make one more request. Let me use the fleece for one more test. 
This time, let the fleece remain dry while the ground around it is wet with dew. So that night, God did as Gideon asked. The fleece was dry in the morning, but the ground was covered with dew. Now, let me just stop there and, and just kind of separate something that Gideon is asking and, and something that Jesus says that we shouldn't ask for. If you remember, in the New Testament, Jesus is talking to this crowd, and he says, only a sinless generation needs to see a sign. And contextually, Jesus is talking to a bunch of people that didn't really care about following Jesus. They just wanted to see something cool, okay? And, and Jesus knows the heart of those people. And he's like, man, only a sinful generation needs to see a miraculous sign to follow me because he knew the hearts of those people. If you remember, Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights, right? And then what happens? He's tempted by the devil three times. And Jesus says, you do not tempt the Lord. You don't test the Lord thy God, right? Because what Satan is trying to get Jesus to do is go outside of the will of God. Okay, that's not what Gideon is trying to do here. Gideon is just trying to get some confirmation. He's trying to get some confidence to God. He's not, he, he's not trying to go outside of the will of God. And this is what I love about God. God doesn't get angry with him. He, he doesn't get frustrated with Gideon. Instead, he responds and says, Gideon, I love you. And this is the grace and the mercy of God. This is what a loving father that we serve. He says, okay, Gideon, I know what you need. And so I'm going to show you. I'm going to continue. Man, I see a mighty warrior. I know you don't see it yet, but I see a mighty warrior. You know, God sees things in us that we don't see. And he sees the very best in us. And the reason why he can see the very best in us is because we have the Holy Spirit and it filters out all of our junk. And so when God looks at us, he sees the very best in us. And so as he's looking at Gideon, he's like, okay, Gideon. Come on, I, oh, you need, you need another confirmation? This is, this is number 18. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, is that what you need? And God's grace and mercy is there. And he confirms again, Gideon. Come on, Gideon, I've called you your mighty warrior. Let's continue the story. So Jeroboam Baal, that is Gideon, and his army got up early and went as far as the spring of Herod. The armies of Midian were camped north of the valley them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. Now, Here's, here's the context of this. The Midianites had about 135,000 warriors, okay? And some scholars believe that they had even more. And if you know anything about the Midianites, they were ruthless warriors. They, they trained their four-year-olds uh, to, to fight. I mean, they just raised their kids to fight from, from the day they were born. Like, these were ruthless people. They, they, and, and last week, uh, Tyler talked about how they were like locusts. I mean, they would just come into an area and they would wipe out everything. They would just destroy everything, okay? And so in the beginning, it's about 135,000 versus 32,000, right? And the Lord says to Gideon, you got too many. And so say to everybody, man, if you're afraid or timid, you can leave. And my thought, and Gideon is probably thinking this, Lord, can I leave? Like, I, I qualify, right? Like, 
afraid. I'm timid. I qualify for this, right? And the Lord's like, no, you can't leave. And, and, and so he just lets everybody leave that, 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 that's timid and afraid. And he says, well, okay, well, you still have too many. And let's just continue the story here. The Lord told Gideon, there are still too many. Bring them down to the spring, and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. When Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, divide the men into two groups. In one group, put all those who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 of the men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouth in the stream. Great. God's like, okay, you have too many because I don't want you to think that your strategy won the victory, okay? And so he goes from, from 32,000 to 10,000 to now 300. 300 warriors. And it's so interesting that, that he does this in this way. Who is God looking for? Basically, he's looking for the people who are paying attention. That, that kind of live life in the yellow. Have you ever heard that? You live life in the yellow. You, you kind of always know your surroundings and you're, you're, you're paying attention to everything that is happening around you. Those are the people that God chose. Those are the people that God wanted. You know, God's like, I want the people that are always paying attention. They kind of live their life in the yellow. You know, usually in war, more people are better than less people, right? Usually, usually. And, and in this case, God's like, I just, I don't need a bunch of people. I just need the right people. And we look at our landscape today. What has been happening to the, the church and, and, and Christians, and you've heard me say this over and over again because it's a big deal. 33% of practicing Christians have walked away from the church online and, and, and physical location. Okay, that represents millions of Christians. They just walked away from the faith. Have unplugged from God. 20% of churches will close at the end of this year. Will no longer open their doors. Will no longer exist. Pastors are quitting the ministry faster than we've ever seen because it's, it's a difficult time to be leading a church during a pandemic. There's there, there's no there's no uh, manual for that, right? There, there's a, it's just a, a very uh, turbulent time, and everybody has an opinion, and everybody's right, right? And so it's been it's put a lot of hardship on on pastors, and so it's been a it's been a difficult time for the church. But what if God is shaking the very foundation of the American church and the American Christian because he's looking for the right people to do a great move of God? He doesn't need a whole bunch of people. He just needs the right people in the room that care, that are paying attention, that are awake to what is happening. Now, as your pastor, I want to prepare you for what could be coming, okay? What could be coming to the church, 
and, and, and to our lives as Christians. Um, Joe Biden, it, it's public knowledge. This isn't a conspiracy theory or anything like that. Uh, Biden and Harris have rolled out their plans uh, of their first hundred days uh, of being in power, being uh, the presidency. And, and one of the main things in his first hundred days that he wants to do is he wants to roll out this Protection Act. Act. It's actually called the, the LBGQT Protection Act, okay? And the reason why he wants to roll this out in the first hundred days is because he's called the Christian churches, he's called also the Muslims and, and, and the Jews, he, he, he's called us uh, safe harbors of hate. That's what he's described us as, safe harbors of hate. And so he wants to end the hate, the discrimination. And so in this protection plan, listen, you can go look this up. In this protection plan, what he wants to do is he wants to force businesses. He wants to force pastors uh, to, to, he wants to force businesses to make them. Um, so Jack Phillips, okay, many of you know Jack Phillips. He's the one that, that made that, refused to make the cake for the, uh, the same-sex couple. He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then they sued him and they ended up winning. Well, well, he ended up getting sued again last year. This, this transgender lawyer sued him, took him to court, and he lost again, okay? What, what, what Biden and Harris want to do, they want to make it illegal to do that. They want to force people to make cakes, and, and they want to force ministers of the gospel to, to marry same-sex couples. They, they want to make it a hate crime uh, for us to, to, to do that. I don't know if you know this, but a couple years ago, um, it went before Senate in California, uh, a, a group of, of people uh, of the LBGTQ community wanted to uh, outlaw the Bible and declare it a, a, a hate hate speech. Okay, and, and they they lost. But this is this is what's coming down the pipe for for us as as Christians and and, and as pastors is that we are going to be labeled as haters. We're going to be labeled as haters from our friends and our family members and our co-workers if we attend church. Also in this Protection Act, they want to outlaw homeschooling. It's right in there. And the reason why they want to outlaw homeschooling is because they want to indoctrinate our kids in this LBGQTWRSZ agenda. They, they want to do it earlier and they, they want to they want to do it at an earlier age. And, and um, part of this Protection Act is, is Biden wants to give 10-year-olds um, the ability to choose their gender and make it legal to give them drugs to, to help them transition into the sex that they think they should be. This is what's coming down the pipe, possibly for us. And listen to me. It could be God's will. It could be God's will that all of this happened. Read the book of Revelation. It's supposed to get way worse before it gets good. And maybe God is shaking the American church and the American Christian. Because there's so many American Christians that are just kind of in the middle. You see, if you go to China or India, there, there's no in the middle. There's no, there's no such thing as lukewarm Christianity. Either you are for God or you are against God because you you can die. In India, they, in India, they're like, 
um, we've, we've never even heard this phrase of lukewarm because if you believe in Jesus, you lose everything. You lose your family, you lose your job, you get kicked out of your house. Like you, you, you are literally leaving everything to follow Christ. And maybe what God is doing is He's, he's getting the right people together before He can pour out His Spirit. And we've been in this persecution bubble here in America where we, we've been... We've been protected from real persecution. But let me tell you something. The church always thrives under persecution. It always thrives under persecution. I mean, the Chinese church is growing rapidly, and it's illegal there. It's growing rapidly. People can lose their life. This is what what's coming down the pipe. And, and I say this to, because I want us to be prepared. There's things that we need to pray about. These things that, that we, we need to discern from the Holy Spirit that, that, that comes to our family and some of the choices that, that we need to make. We, we live in a state that just passed late-term abortion. It's legal. It means you can have an abortion after 22 weeks. I read this article from last year, the Denver Post, and they glorify this. There was a woman in New York, she's 32 weeks pregnant. She, she couldn't get an abortion there. Now you can get an abortion um, in, in New York. Uh, Cuomo has made it legal that you can get abortion all the way up until birth. And so she couldn't find a doctor there to do it. So she came here. Uh, there's a doctor. There's a place in Boulder that did it. And uh, the Denver Post glor glorified that. This is, this is where we live. We live in a place that, that glorifies late-term abortion. And, and if you don't, if you've never read or, or seen how they terminate a child in late-term abortion, they basically slit the back of its neck and they pull the brains out. There's no human on this planet that would look, look at that and say that that is humane. But that's, this is where we're at here today, where we live. That, that, that the slaughtering of babies is, is okay. And, and you know, we, we look at this scripture, and this is just scripture all over again. You know, you know the people used to, to sacrifice their kids to Moloch. There's no different to what we're doing and what they were doing back then. And for me, what keeps me up at night, things that I struggle with, is like I'm against abortion, right? And I want to help in this way. And sometimes I feel helpless. How can we help? And one of the reasons why we have growth track and we have you take the growth track videos, and then you take the test, is that God would stir something up in you where your, your passion would meet your, your ministry and you would feel like you need to do something. Absolutely, we need people to serve at this church, at guest services and the prayer team. We need all of that. But what is God empowering you to do through the Holy Spirit? And so I see needs like this, like, like abortion. Like how do we help these women 
before they have an abortion? Do we need to partner with an organization? Do, do we need to start something that, that help these women be able to make a, a good choice? And then if they go through with it, we don't condemn them and slam them, but we love them through it. And we teach them about the grace of God. And I know that there's people watching online and in this room that God is calling you to do something. He's calling you out to come out of the whiny press and stop thinking that you're unqualified. You don't have enough resources. You don't have enough intelligence. He's saying, I picked you. Come out of the whiny press and step into all that I have in store for you because I've created you to make a difference. I don't say this to scare you. I say this to, to, to warn us because this could be our reality very, very soon. And I want us to be prepared. I want us to pray. I want us to seek God through this because this could be God's will. I, starting in 2020, one of the things, and man, we, we started off the year with a fast. We're going to do it again this year. It's going to be awesome. And, and one of the things that, that I committed to pray almost every single day is that God would bring revival to this, this church. God would bring a spiritual awakening to our city. And when you're praying for things, you don't understand how God wants to do things, right? Like, like Gideon doesn't think that God is going to pare down his army from 32,000 to 300. Like that, that's, Gideon would, would probably say, God, that's not a good idea. Like we're completely outnumbered. But maybe that's what God is doing again. He, he just wants the right people in the room. He's just looking for the right people that, that know that God has called them to be a mighty warrior, to stand up. Listen, they're, they're already censoring uh, social media and YouTube and Facebook. And anything that, that, that has to do with Christianity, they want, they want to snuff it out. These are the times that we're going in, and it could absolutely be God's will. And it could be God's will to shake up, to awaken His church. So I, just, I don't need everybody. I just need the right people to have a historic move of God. I don't know about you, but that's, that's what I want. That's what I want to see happen. But sometimes a move of God on the other side comes with persecution. I was listening to this, um, this apologetics panel. And it's basically they have all these professors up there and people can ask questions about the Bible to these, these uh, apologetic professors. They're, uh, they, they're experts in Greek and Hebrew and, and they answer all of these questions. And, and this person asked them a question and they said, do you think that the disciples would have met during the coronavirus? And the professor looks at the person and he says, you do know when the disciples were living, Christianity was illegal. And that there was probably a 90 to 95% chance if they got caught worshiping together, they were either going to be imprisoned or killed. Because every single one of the disciples, except for John, was martyred. And so he said, yeah, they, they would have met. They wouldn't have been afraid of a virus where the recovery rate is 
and there was a point zero one three percent chance that they would die. God's looking for the right people. He's shaking us to our very core. What is God convicting you to do? What is God challenging you to do in your life? Because He's called us to make a difference. He's called us to be that mighty warrior. He's called us to step out of the whiny press of complaining and stepping into the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's continue the story. The Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. So Gideon collected the provisions and ram's horns of the other warriors and sent them home, but he kept the 300 men with him. I think this is interesting, kind of funny, that he's collecting ram's horns. He's collecting musical instruments, not shields or swords or slingshots or spears, horns. Let's continue. The Midianite camp was in the valley just below Gideon. That night, here comes another confirmation that the Lord gives Gideon. That God's so good. That God is so gracious and merciful. Get up, go down into the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. But if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura. Listen to what the Midianites are saying. And you will be greatly encouraged. Then you will be eager to attack. So Gideon took Pura and went down to the edge of the enemy camp. Let's continue. The armies of Midian, Amalek, and the other and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. Their camels were like grains of sand on the seashore, too many to count. Gideon crept up just as a man was telling his companion about a dream. The man said, I had this dream, and in my dream, a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent, turned it over, and knocked it flat. That is a big piece of bread, okay? Like, that is a big roll. His companion answered, your dream can mean only one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash. I don't know where he got this interpretation from, but God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelites, victory over Midian and all its allies. Our enemy, Satan, knows he is in a losing battle with our lives. For seven years of my life, I was ravaged by alcoholism and drug addiction and all the pleasures of this life. And some 19 years ago, and this is one of the things that I learned about the Father God, is that He's always standing on a hill with His arms stretched wide, waiting for His children to come home. And some 19 years ago, when when I made that commitment to follow Jesus with my whole life, that was the moment that Satan knew that he had lost the battle in my life. And let me tell you, hopefully every single person in this room, you have the story just like that. 
The moment that you said yes to Jesus and the Holy Spirit came inside of you is the moment Satan said, we lost. The only thing we can do is be like that gnat that annoys them, right? And they're just, you know, just that, then those gnats that are just all over your face, you know, you're outside or you can't, it's just, they just, you know, swat them away, right? Like that's all we can do is just annoy them. And, and listen, Satan knows because you have the power of the Holy Spirit, he can't win in your life. And he knows, because Jesus told them this, that the hordes of hell will come after the church, but they will not prevail. If you could hear what the enemy says about you, how empowered you would be. Because the enemy knows that he can't win in your marriage. He can't win your family. He can't win in your life. All he can be is annoying. He already knows that he can't beat God. He can't beat Jesus. He is not as powerful as the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that lives in us, he can't beat that. So I want to tell you today, the enemy knows that he's lost in your life. So what should we be afraid of? If the victory's already won, why are we insecure? Why do we doubt? Why do we worry when the battle has already been won and the enemy already knows it? Because as we see in this story, Gideon's like, okay, all right. The enemy thinks we're going to beat him. They're like, man, it just empowers him. And I want to empower you today. And if God is calling you to do something, you feel unqualified or you feel like it's too big, that's probably God speaking to you, saying, get out of the whining press and step into all that I have in store for your life. Let's continue the story. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed and worshiped before the Lord. Then he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, Get up, for the Lord has given you the victory over the Midianite hordes. He divided the 300 men into three groups, gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch in it. Interesting um, things to equip warriors with. A torch and a horn and a jar. Then he said to them, keep your eyes on me. A couple weeks ago, we talked about Jesus and Peter on the water. The moment that Peter took his eyes off Jesus, what happened? He sank. And this is what, this is what God is saying to us today. This is what he's saying to his warriors today. Look at, keep your eyes on me. If you just keep your eyes on me during the pandemic and the shutdown and the economic crisis, it doesn't matter what the storm is. If you just keep your eyes on me, it doesn't matter what the battle is that you're in. Just keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. We serve such a wonderful God who would never ask us to do anything that He hasn't done first. He will never ask us to do anything that He hasn't done first. Jesus has gone first. That's why He says, keep your eyes on me. Do just as I do. As soon as I, and those with me, blow the ram's horn, 
blow your horns too, all around the entire camp, and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. This is not a strategy that Gideon made up, okay? This was God's strategy. Let me tell you something today. God has a great strategy for your life. He's got a great strategy for your marriage. He's got a great strategy for your family. He's got a great strategy for your finances. He has a great strategy for our lives. It's just whether or not we're going to let God do the strategy. We're going to be obedient to the strategy that he has for us. Let's continue. It was just after midnight, and, and people usually don't fight battles at night, okay? It was just after midnight, after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the midnight camp. Suddenly, they blew the ram's horns and broke their clay jars. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. They held the blazing torches in their left hands and the horns in their right hands, and they all shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Let's continue. Each man stood at his position around the camp, watched as all the Midianites rushed around in panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their sword. Those who were not killed fled to places far away, I'm not going to try to pronounce those names. I know my limitations. So, so, so get this, okay? Get this, get this, okay? So the Midianites are kind of like in this bowl, right? It's about 135,000 warriors with camels and, and all kinds of weapons. And all of a sudden, the strategy is for Gideon to surround this camp with three hundred warriors with a horn and, and a torch, okay? And they blow this horn, right? And, and it causes confusion. I mean, can, can you imagine waking up to this, this loud horn being surrounded? So I'm sure it sounded even louder than what it really was, and it's super loud. And then all of a sudden, you hear this breaking, and you see all of this fire, right? All of this fire surrounding the camp. Now, they didn't fight at night a whole lot, but when they did, when they moved camps at night, that torch could represent tens of soldiers, hundreds of soldiers, and even a thousand soldiers. So that one torch could represent a thousand soldiers. That, that one torch bearer is leading a thousand soldiers to battle. And so if you're a Midianite warrior who just got woken up in the middle of the night, You've got those little crusty things in your eyes. You're hearing this obnoxious horn, right, surrounding you. And then all of a sudden, you hear this breaking and all of these torches. What you're thinking in your mind is there's 300,000 soldiers surrounding us, and we are dead. You see, when we trust God, His, His strategy is way better than ours. And so, all of a sudden, they start killing themselves. They start attacking themselves. They don't even have to fight. Come on, the victory has already won. We just need to be obedient to what God is calling us to do. And what He's asking us to do, listen to me, what He's asking us to do is to shine our light in the darkness. 
That's the one thing that he asked them to do. He asked them to blow the horn, right? And shine their light in the darkness. And we're coming to a time with the, with the censorship on social media uh, of Christian viewpoints. You know, there, there, there's a group uh, in our society that is trying to remove everything God off of money, uh, completely remove God from our society. And what God is asking, he's like, he's like, do I have the right people? I'm looking for, I don't need everybody. I don't need everybody. I just need the right people who will shine their light in the darkness. Because there's coming a time, and how do I know this? Read the book of Revelation. And if you're wondering about the book of Revelation, we have a class on the book of Revelation every every semester. And, and I want to encourage you to study the Bible. All the answers are in the Word of God. We don't like to talk about persecution. We don't talk about seasons of, of struggle be, because here in America, we're all about getting more comfortable. That's why many Christians don't like to go to churches that, that make them feel convicted about their life and make them want to repent from their sin because it's uncomfortable. And maybe this is what God is doing. He's shaking loose all the people in the middle and he's looking for the right people because God doesn't need everybody to have a great move of God. God doesn't need everybody to win the battle. He just needs the right people. I don't want to challenge you today. Are you one of those right people? Will you be one of God's Mighty warriors that stand in the gap. Will you be one of God's mighty warriors that no matter what is happening, no matter how much darkness surrounds your life, that you will let your light shine? No matter if people call you a hater, you're going to shine your light and express the love of God to them. It's the most powerful thing. It's the love of the Holy Spirit that gives us to people that hate us. I want to end with this thought this morning. In China, they disciple their people on one thing. It's how to win your executioner to Jesus before they kill you. That's the one thing they disciple their people on. And we complain if the church seats aren't comfortable enough or someone's taking our seat. Maybe God is just done with the American church how it was. And he's just like, I just need the right people that are passionate about seeing a real move of God. I don't need everybody. I just need the right warriors in the building that are willing to seek me, that are passionate about me, that are willing to follow me no matter what. My heart as your pastor is that we would be that church. That would shine the light in the darkness that would love people would call us haters. And I would say this to scare you, stir you up in fear. I say this to prepare you. I want us to be prepared for what might, what might come. And I want to encourage you. The battle has already been won. And I believe that God, we're going to see a move of God happen 
that we've never seen before. And I want us, I don't want us to miss it. I want us to be part of it. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. As we go to prayer, I want to encourage you if you're watching online and you bow your heads and close your eyes in this moment. You're here on purpose. God has placed you here on purpose today. You're watching on purpose today. And maybe you'd say today, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus and I need to make that first step in committing my life to you. Or maybe you, you're, you're, you're honest with yourself and you feel a conviction of the Holy Spirit. You, you haven't lived for God. You haven't been following Him. You've been caught up in the things of this life and everything that's happening. You just want to make a recommitment to Christ today that you're going to follow Him, that you're going to step out of the whiny press and into everything that he has in store for your life. If that's you, just slip up your hand. I just want to pray with you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You can put your hands down. And I would just ask this morning that we'd all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on that cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing. Thank you so much for staying connected to Passionate Life Church. If you'd like more information, you can email us at passionatelifechurch at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, or share this with a friend. Thanks again, and we'll see you soon.